Welcome back to Numbers on the Board. Numbers on the Board, yes! We are here in Indianapolis, 2024, NBA All-Star break. We got a special guest in the building. Our co-worker? Our co-worker. Yes, yeah. Former NBA champion. <laughs> Former NBA, well, he's still a champion. He's still a yeah, champion. Still, still a champion. champion. Perk is in the building, man. Can we get a round of applause for Perk in the building? Man? <laughs> How you feeling today? I'm feeling good, man. Appreciate y'all having me. It's cold it's as hell outside. Super cold. Yeah, very cold. Super you cold. see, we tried to get all dressed up. We walked out that hotel like, man. Hey, I, I, I didn't get the memo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, got, I got a little swag outside no, of this sure, suit sure. stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we But the suit's still clean. Yeah, the suit's still clean. For sure. For, for sure. real. Uncle Perk in the building. Glad you pulled up. Appreciate you pulling up I on it. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Much, much, much love. Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm going to dive right in into this. So, one of the first questions that popped in my brain when I knew he was having you on is about Doc. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to bring up Doc is because obviously you are a champion. You mm-hmm. won your ring with Doc. I feel like Doc get a bad rap when we when his name come up, whether it's the fans, some media people. Uh, I think he's one of the unluckiest coaches just because mm-hmm. of the certain situation with the Lob City, having CP3 and Blake, both guys that are normally, you know, missing time or whatnot. Um, what's your perception of Doc and what, how do you view him? As a uh, as a valuable coach, what is his value as a coach that would make a Milwaukee fire <clears throat> AJ Griffin and bring in a Doc Rivers? Well, I think with Doc, he's a leader of men, mm-hmm. um, but you got to be ex- you got to accept it. You got to have an open mind, and you got to be willing to be held accountable, right? So you got to think. People always go back to Doc days and say, "Oh, he didn't win a, a championship since 2008." Well, Doc had a bunch of dogs. Right, mm-hmm. he had he had a bunch of guys that were willing to lose themselves in, in into the team, and so with Doc, like Doc, he'll tell you all the time. He go to sleep with a clipboard on the side of his bed, right? Because the play may come to his memory, and he'll just draw the shit up, mm-hmm. right? He'll draw it up, it come to memory, and he he say he don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. But Doc get unfair criticism. Mm-hmm. Because you know everybody talk about oh over the last couple of years he lost so many game sevens. But the last time I checked, I thought game sevens. I thought your superstar is supposed to take you home. Yeah. Because in the seven game series, think about it. It's nothing else that you could do in the scouting report. Exactly. It's no more adjustments that you could do mm-hmm. after you didn't play the team seven times, right? I know what you' about to do. You know what I'm about to do. It's mano y mano. And and so when I think about, that's why I said right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, this situation, this is actually the closest, like, championship-ready team that he has had since he coached in Boston. Mm-hmm. All of those other teams was just in the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. right? They were never, like, a, a heavy favorite, a top-three favorite. And, you know, tell you a quick story. Nobody know this, but Doc and I actually – it was I got traded to I got traded to Utah and then I got waived because I wasn't going to Utah. They was in the re- <laughs> I mean <laughs> no offense, but they was in the rebuilding stage. Yeah. And so, you know, I had Chicago, Cleveland, and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And Doc was calling me. I mean, he literally was begging me to come to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need you. And I was like, man, Braun them had just won like 20 out of their last 24 games, looking like a heavy favorite coming out of the Eastern Conference in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Braun or my Bootu brother Doc. <laughs> and I chose to go to Cleveland, right? 
And it was a great experience because I got an opportunity to team up with Braun in a professional as a pro. We did it in high school, but as a pro. But then it hit me like once I saw it unfold with the Clippers, how much Doc really needed me in that locker room. And you know, Doc and I didn't speak for three years. Mm. Oh wow! Like Doc, Doc, I consider Doc as a father figure to me. He mm. raised me like since the age of eighteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't speak for three years. He went out to my phone calls, wow. answered my texts. Like, he was that hurt. And I look back on it and I see why. Because he needed that that guy in the locker room. Like mm-hmm. Milwaukee need that Patrick Beverly in yes, that locker room. Yeah. Yes, so yes. you need that ext- the extension of the coach. And I think people can talk all the like they talk so much and bumping their guns, but didn't he just pass up like Larry Brown? For yeah, most yeah. wins. Mm-hmm. He, he he win games. Yeah, man. he win games. So I understand, you know, we look at game sevens, but we look at last year. James Harden quit on them. Mm-hmm. Joel and B wasn't in shape. He wasn't healthy. They got to Boston and they couldn't close the series. Yeah. So, you know, I don't like to sound biased, but I'm just keeping it real. Doc is a hell of a coach, man. Right. You just got to buy in and listen and be willing to be held accountable. Piggyback. I'm biased. We, we Chicago guys. So yeah, we, we, we got a little bit of Piggybacking on nothing. <laughs> the, the time in Milwaukee hasn't been great to start off with. I think it's 10 games with three and seven. Yep. Yep. When you when you insert a new coach in there, how long does it normally take for everything to start to jail so we can – because I feel like we haven't really been able to see them to, like, grade them under the Doc era because it's only been 10 games. Well, we'll see the best version of Milwaukee right after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Now they get time. You got to realize that I got hired. They were in the middle of a road road mm-hmm. trip. Yep. Right? So he was still living out of a suitcase. He don't even know what his house looked like in Milwaukee right. or his office looked like in Milwaukee. None of that. So, you know, I, I think it takes time, you know, for Doc to go over it. That's why you have training camps. And that's mm-hmm. why teams are able to learn their new coach. He also hired new staff. Yeah. But that, with that being said, I mean, even that, I still think they need a personnel change. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's like going – first of all, with Milwaukee, I think you got to gotta look at the defense. Like with the offense, like Giannis and Dame, they're going to they gonna do their thing. Mm-hmm. So my question is for defenses, and this is all around the league, is it more so the personnel base or you think it's on coaching? No, it's personnel. Mm-hmm. You need dogs. You yes, do. you do. You need dogs. So you look all around the league right now and you look at the teams that are – the top contending teams, okay, outside of the Denver Nuggets because they're the defending champs. Mm-hmm. But look at the teams that's that's on their heels like a pair of socks. You got you got the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> I'm going to take that, by right? the way. <laughs> you got the Minnesota Timberwolves. They the, they the number one team in the Eastern Conference. But you look at them, Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. is a dog defensively. He didn't bought things out of – Call Anthony Towns that Jimmy Butler couldn't do when he was there. You know what I'm saying? He didn't bought a, a certain type of tenacity out of Rudy Gobert that Donovan Mitchell couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're the number one defensive team. And then you go down the line, you look at the Boston Celtics, great depth. You know Jalen Brown and Tatum ain't backing down from nobody defensively. Derek White and Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. both of them making all defensive teams. Yep. And they didn't pull the dog out of Christoph Przingis. He meeting people at the rim now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you you think about it and you like, damn, the personnel, the Los Angeles Clippers, 
Kawhi leading the charge. Yep. Kawhi got James playing defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, like on the island, he's he's sitting down, he getting low, strapping up. So I, it's a mixture of both because you got to have that coach to demand the locker room. Mm-hmm. But it's about the personnel. And to be honest, Milwaukee don't have it. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's up with Chris Middleton. Right. You know what I mean? I thought they should maybe, you know, I don't know the situation with with P.J. Tucker if he's going to get bought out, but they just need another dog. Patrick Beverly is cool, but in the game today when the wing position is the most important position in the game, you got to go find it. Yeah. And the Knicks end up sniping them one with O.G. Ananobi. Mm-hmm. I would love it if the Bucs could go get P.J. Tucker. That would be nice. That was, that was when they I won mean, the championship. Yeah. They had P.J. Yeah. Tucker. Sure you did. just got to have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, since we are talking about like you with Doc, what's the most difficult part about winning a championship that like we as like viewers probably don't get to see? <clears throat> I think it's managing the personalities, mm. especially when you have, especially when you you have so many guys, especially in today's age, right? All I hear is from all I hear from assistant coaches is. Man, Perk, these young dudes so different, man. You got to cater to them. They spoil. Mm. You know what I mean? They making $60 million a year. So I think it's the personalities in the locker room. You know, we had KG. We had Paul. We had Ray. We had Sam Cassell, right? Mm. Sam Cassell was, you know, he didn't already want two championships. <laughs> we had James Posey. We had Tony Allen, Big Baby, right? So mm-hmm. Big Baby got six personalities. In himself, right? We don't know if he's going to be Glenn. We don't know if he's going to be Big Baby. We don't know if he's going to be Mr. Davis. He got you know what I mean? So you got Tony Allen. He from the Shot town yes, He jamming uh. Gucci Mane all day long. And, you know, you got me. You got Rondo, who, who's a diva. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy, but he watching himself walk. You know, like, that's, that's who he is. So I think it's really about setting a tone with – the franchise guy, like, Doc didn't have to do that with KG. KG set the tone. Yeah, okay. First day of training camp, he walks in, he says, you know what, Doc, I want you to run the offense through Paul and Ray. Mm. KG, you the best player on this team. <laughs> no no, no offense to Paul and Ray, but he's like, nah, if you need me, I'm here. I'm going to worry about this defense. And right there it was like – Everybody else had to fall in line. Mm-hmm. So that's why – so you would say it's very important for guys when they come into the league to make sure they buy into their role. Like they – like I feel like most of the league we talk about all the time is role players. And you can have a long career if you just be a good quality role player. So mm-hmm. we would just say that's like the really important. Bingo. And that's what that, – actually, Doc saved my career. Mm. Doc called me in, his, in my office at 19 <clears throat> and he said, Perk, listen, you're not going to be an all-star – all right, you're not going to be an all-NBA player. You're not going to average 20 points. I don't even know if you're going to average 10. But I do know this. You could have a 15-year career. You could be one of the best defensive centers in the game. You could rebound. You could be a hell of a screen setter. You could make you a lot of money being a star in your role. Now, you could choose which route you try to go, but I'm telling you and giving you my honest opinion. And I bought into my role, and I had a 14-year career just being me. And Doc Doc is so great at blocking out the outside noise and making you feel great. Like, Doc, we'd be in film session, and Doc would, <clears throat> Doc would be running film, and 
I'll go up and set a screen for like Ray. Ray come out, pull up three, and hit the three. Doc would be like, run that back. <laughs> Look at this screen right here. Perk, that's beautiful. And you leaving out of the film room like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all can have everything else, but that's the key you need. Facts. That's the that's the type of motivation you need or, or, or your coach and your teammates to feel about you and the rest to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. But the average NBA career is what, four and a half years yep. now? Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to – because you said you was a 19-year-old. That's what – First and foremost, that's what we should have said at the intro. He's a champion, and he came out of high school. I know mm -hmm. people people say what they say because you're in the media now. I feel like well, unless you're a superstar, when you do media, a lot of the fans now with social media, they be saying a little bullshit because mm -hmm. you're not an MVP or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people who know, who know <laughs> yeah. that's number one. But people right. who know, no, Perk was a bad man in high school. Yeah. And when you say Doc brought you in his office and said that how long did it take you to accept that as a 19 year old who was just one of the best players in the entire country um and also was a first round pick coming out of high school well, well because when i was 19 that was my second year so when i was 18 <laughs> no when i was yeah when i was 18 that 18 going into 19 Right? Doc told me there's 19 going into my 20. Mm. Yeah. Right, because you 20. played for Jim O'Brien first. Yeah, first, okay. Jim O'Brien. Okay. And so that first year, man, I didn't play. Mm -hmm. like, I walked into the arena. I didn't have a jersey in my locker. I was on the IR, injured reserve mm -hmm. list, right? And back then, it was a minimum, I believe, five to ten games. So if you went on – and I wasn't injured. So <laughs> that was the moment right there. And I, I just wanted to get on the court. Yeah. Because you got to remember, I came in with Braun, right? Yep. I, I came CP3. in with Melo. I came in in, two, in that 2003 draft with Bosch, and me and Bosch went toe-to-toe -to -toe as one of still one of the best championship games in Texas history in high school, like a, a, a crowd of like 28,000 people. Oh, you saying a draft class. I thought you meant high school. Yeah, player. but draft right, class, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm watching all these guys play. I'm like, damn, that year right there just like, opened me up under Jim O'Brien. And when Doc came in, I was just like, at that point, I didn't give a damn. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get on the floor right. before and hoop. And so I just followed Doc Lee. But, man, I'm telling you, that, that first year of not playing and having to humble yourself and, and you know, the embarrassment that you have from your peers. Because mm -hmm. so many people back home be acting like, oh, I'm so proud of you and all this but so many of them be hating. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. For sure. oh, I knew for sure. he shouldn't have went to the league. Mm -hmm. I knew he should have went to college. He ain't ready. That's why he ain't getting no playing time right now, right? Yep. So it's like, damn. You know what I mean? So you got to you find that, that level of humility and and, mm -hmm. and you just go from there. What colleges was you consider? That's my favorite question for those of y'all that came straight out of high school. Who were you considering or leaning heavily to go to? So I was, it was, I was going, I was looking at, Texas with Rick Barnes, okay. right at the time. Um, Shout out Rick Barnes. Uh, Matt Doherty, okay, right at uh, North Carolina. Um, and I and I was looking at Memphis. I mm. actually signed with Memphis, John Calipari, because that was my first time riding a private jet. Oh wow! <laughs> the college experience was—I mean, the visit was great. Yeah, yeah. The bag was great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I went down to Memphis, and, it, and Memphis just reminded me of my hometown. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a country boy at heart. 
Port so, Arthur. Yeah, bought my, my, my wife from Port Arthur, but... You know, it's still the same thing. Go to the Triangle. It's only a seven-minute ride. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> if you really know, like, okay. when you from there, like, saying you from Beaumont, saying you from Port Arthur, it's kind of like a big thing. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Okay. You got to tell them the updates or shit, man. Yeah. They say Port Arthur. It do, because I was actually up. born in the hospital okay. in Port Arthur. Oh, okay. My wife be like, nah, you a Port Arthur, baby. I'm like, make the hell out of <laughs> but, but, nah, that, that, that uh, I think, I think, uh, you know, the average years to that point is four and a half years, and I want to get back to this point to y'all real quick. I watched so many guys come out of college, spend three, four years, and they just couldn't get it. Yeah. And I'm, I, and now I'm like a young, I'm a young vet, but I, I'm, I'm old because I'm four or five years in. So I'm watching yeah. these guys, and I'm like, bro. This ain't gonna happen. Like I understand you was dropping this in college and you was the man, but over here, like Paul's the man, right. KG's the man. Like mm -hmm. you got to find your role, and these guys just, just didn't get it. And I saw so many guys, like a year and a half, they were overseas. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know who did that really well? Kevin Looney. Looney is a guy that in college, I mean, in high school, he. He had to handle you. I just saw his mixtape the other yeah. day. I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, Looney had a bag. Looney had a bag. Yeah. But look at him. He bought into his role. He rebound like Dennis Rodman. He's out there playing mm -hmm. defense. And look at him. Now he's a, what, two-time champion? And you know what he is? A professional. He is a yeah. professional. Yeah. They love him in the locker room. They do. Yes. Yep. And I tell all those young guys, they go a long way. Right? It's, I, I'm, not telling, I'm not telling people to live this boring-ass life. But it ain't what you do. It's how you do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, so you got to pick your times when you want to go out. You want to hit the club. You know what I'm saying. You want to do certain things when you want to drink. Like in Looney, no one has anything bad to say about him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. You can move certain ways. You could do certain things mm -hmm. without disrespecting the organization or putting it in their face. I love Kevon Looney. Yeah, I, I want to keep it on the Warriors real quick because I really like what you said about just like buying in. Um, last night we seen Clay Thompson go for the bench since since basically coming back since he got hurt. Mm -hmm. Is this the next step for the Warriors? Is Clay Thompson coming off the bench? Is this like the thing now? I think everything is up in the air for the Warriors, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it's so hard, and that's that's why I always say I said this about three weeks ago. Man, it's, you can't mix business with emotions. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? And uh, Jared Cross, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the best, one of the best GMs ever, ever. Yep. And and people were so mad at him because he knew when he was ending it. Like you have to end it at some point. Mm -hmm. You have to do what's best for the organization. And I think a lot of organizations get themselves in trouble because they hold on too long. Mm -hmm. They hold on too long. But I love right now. I love this version of the Warriors. I'm not picking them to win the damn championship. But I, I, I like the movement. I like the direction that they're going in. I was preaching since the beginning of the season, like play Jonathan Kaminga. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the league, all his peers, all the players, they know that this man got a bag. He can hoop. They know he's one of the most athletic. They know he's skilled. But everybody kept saying, oh, his IQ. I'm like, what young fella you know really have a high basketball IQ unless you let them play through their mistakes. Got you know? to. Got, Got to. to. Yeah, and so all of a sudden it was a blessing in disguise 
when Draymond Green gets suspended, now Steve Kerr, you have to play him. Got no choice. But you could have been done doing this. Yes. Like this man has been showing these flashes. And that was my whole thing. Now I see it because it's like, now they say, oh, Jonathan Kaminga, he's untouchable. Like nobody could trade for him. <laughs> yeah. But but them calling Braun at the trade deadline and trying to get him, right? That shows that they're not done. And and they should, right? They should this offseason test every test all areas, all the waters to see how deep they are and see what they could get. Because if you got Steph Curry, it's just like LeBron James. Every single year you want to try to maximize him winning the championship. Yes. Because both of them are still so good, and it's kind of crazy to see both of them in, like, the same area right now where they both fighting for playing spots when mm-hmm. we knew back five years ago we knew both of them were meeting in the finals. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. like, now it's kind of, like, it's kind of weird to see them both now kind of at the bottom of the league, but now you see the younger teams at the top of the league, like OKC, Minnesota. That's why they got to yeah. join forces. <laughs> Do it. So, <laughs> when, that, when that came out, I saw a lot of different opinions hypothetically, if they did end up together, how do you feel with them teaming up after a decade of going against each other? You know what? I want to see it, but it can't happen with Braun going to Golden State. Mm. You got to be Seth coming to the Lakers. Because now I have zero ammunition to go to war for Braun on the GOAT (laughs) debate. Okay. I can't go debate against any Jordan uh, fan that's (laughs) about him being the GOAT. You cannot be considered one of the greatest players of all time and you actually go to Golden State that a dynasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Steph Curry's top five player to me of all time. I got him over Magic because mm-hmm. he changed the game of basketball. What's your top five? My top five mm-hmm. is Steph, Braun, Tim Duncan, um, Jordan, and I got Kareem in there. Okay. Okay. And, and people overlook Tim Duncan. I'm like, how do everybody – like, you hear Charles Barkley say You hear uh, KG say You hear Shaq say Tim Duncan, oh, he's the greatest power forward of all time. Why is he not in anybody's top five? Yeah. Shaq always say that Tim Duncan was, like, his toughest matchup. Yeah. Tim Duncan and Tim Hakeem. Duncan got real, real – And a real killer. He was yeah. just quiet. Just, mm-hmm. just, that's probably why he get overlooked because yeah. he was quiet. But now Steph coming to the Lakers <sighs> – that's a little different. He a Lakers fan, mm-hmm. so that's like. But that ain't gonna never happen. I know, yeah. I know. Thank you got Thank my hopes you. up a little bit. Nah, that yeah. ain't gonna never happen. Nah, you I mean too imagine. much to, to go to state. Yeah. Like, I always say this. You got popular people and you got powerful people. Powerful people move the needle. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Steph moved the needle, man. Like, for the economy, I did, yep. you know, for young, what, the Bay Area, they don't have the Raiders no more. What else didn't look? Uh, the the ain't the A's about to I leave. I mean, yeah. ho- whole new arena since Steph been there. Like they've done a yeah. lot. The A's yeah, done a lot. I mean, did the A's leave already, or are they leaving? They're going to Vegas. Yeah, he see. is. He is the Bay Area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's keeping that economy booming. We saw what happened at that period. Every single time Braun left Cleveland, what happened to the economy? It went down. <laughs> it's kind of crazy <laughs> that LeBron boosts the whole city's economy. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? Two words, Caesars Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the type of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. 21 and over must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. No way to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or in Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call one 877 I want to go back just a second. Um, if Doc doesn't have a conversation with you, do you think you end up with a 14-year career? No. Mm. No. Because I needed that conversation. No, everybody preach it. Oh, you need a you need people around you that's gonna tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. right. Do you think that's why it's important that certain players get drafted to certain teams? Like a certain player can get drafted to a certain team and you can see their career probably go a different direction. Yeah. Where like under certain coaches they play better under certain coaches. They, everything. they they like buy into a role. That matters. Yeah. That matters. Look at the Miami Heat. Yeah. Yeah, they just they, find guys. Yeah, the heat culture is real. Yeah. It's not just because they just develop guys and then they make final runs and no, and they be the underdog. No one, no one expect them to do it. No, it's because they're able to mold these guys into actually basketball players, right? Like Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson was probably about to be working with us. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And then he got a trial. Then all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. He on a ninety plus million dollar contract. Same with Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, they, found, they just found him. Yeah, yeah. and he Caleb came in. Martin, right? Yeah, like it had to be a phone call from I think it was uh, J Cole, right? J Cole yeah, to Karan Butler to give him a shout out. No disrespect, but, I didn't know who Gabe Vincent was me? when he popped up on the scene. Me either. <laughs> me either. And that's the crazy part. But everybody would think, oh. Man, they 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 held on to Udonis Haslam so long, yeah, because he was an extension of Eric Spoelstra. Yep, yep. So you hear Jamal Crawford, you hear all these guys say, "Vet matters, vets matter." Like you need vets on the bench. Mm -hmm. You need that one guy in the locker room. Now you have certain certain circumstances where it's like Anthony Edwards, SGA. Like, they're young, but they got old souls. Mm -hmm. And I think it's part of Anthony Edwards' upbringing, right? What he had to go through, his adversity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could just tell he's very, very mature for his age. I believe he's 22. Mm -hmm. But the way he carries himself is like, damn, this be 30. Why, you think, <laughs> why do you think teams have gone away from having vets in the locker room with these young teams? Because a lot of people, you know, you would rather pay – uh, a young player that you can send down to the G League or keep him around uh, to to develop him for mm. about what four or five hundred thousand. 
Let me ask and you. And then this. you got to pay a vet two point eight. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just a financial thing. I, yeah, I can see it's that. a financial thing. Do you do you think? Do you think it got to do with the new age? Like you said, they nineteen year olds are coming into the league now. And they got two million followers on Instagram. They've been told that they to do a vet might come in. You might be a vet on OKC and be like, "Hold up, we still finna do shit in order." And I, I I'm a vet. You gonna respect me? And that you know, do you think that got anything to do with it? Yeah, social media is powerful, mm-hmm. man. I didn't been on teams where at halftime, not the Celtics, but we walk in halftime and guys were on social media. Mm, that's crazy. Guys are going to check Twitter and see what somebody got to say about them. Really? Yeah, at halftime. And do that, do you think that as a few others? Like, have you seen a star do that? Look at their phone and be like, all right, all right, bet y'all going to see what's going <laughs> to happen in the second half. Yeah. And they come out. Really? And, but you got to realize, right? So mm-hmm. even if it's a national televised game, mm-hmm. okay, and say we doing NBA countdown and say, you know, all these, it's TVs everywhere in the locker room. Everybody okay. got the game on. So if you walking in into the training room at halftime, the game is on. So if I call somebody out, like the other night I did with Paul George because he was struggling in the first half, I was yeah. like, man, you gotta have more shot. You said uh, he can't yeah. have the third yeah. least shot attempt. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, damn, bro, you can't play dead in the Western movement right now. <laughs> but I don't know if he saw it, but he probably if he did, you know what I'm saying, Mike. Man, let me go prove him wrong. Do you yeah. do players ever hit you up as like a former player? Like, do they take your criticism in a positive way or a bad way? Or oh, is it like a man. mix? Like, do they, they always hate you? bad? I know it is. It's you know what? It's like, oh, that's what we on. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh man, get out your feelings. <laughs> right. So then they'll not talk to me for two weeks and they'll be like, F- you. I'm like, F- you, we that cool, right? <laughs> so like the other day, the other day I'm I'm uh Crazy, because I'm talking about an incident on TV, and one of my good friends, like, I'm literally on television talking about an incident with a player. And all of a sudden, I look down at my phone throughout the break, and the GM hit me like, come on, Perk, know the whole story first. I'm like, tell the whole story. (laughs) You know what I mean? But he's my good friend, but it's just all the time, man. Yeah. I can see that being a little frustrating. How hard has it been to find that balance in media where you have relationships, but you also have a job to do? It was hard. It was hard. Man, you, I'm going to tell you something. So, Russell Westbrook is the godfather of my middle son. Okay. Right? I haven't spoke to Russ in like two years because of something that I said on TV. And... You know, his wife actually wrote me a a, a message. And it was like a long paragraph, and it was like, damn, what did I really say? You know what I mean? I, I'm just speaking the truth, and I haven't spoke to Russ in like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and Russ used to be real, real tight. And I, I know if I just see him in person, you know what I mean, we'll be able to – you know, get back on track. But it's crazy because, like, his mom, his dad still holler at me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? My wife go going to his mom's birthday party. So, like, it's still there, but me and him not there. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, it was more so with the stint with the Lakers. And I, and I didn't really criticize him to the point where it was, like, no shade being thrown. But I, I gave a, a fair take 
of what the NBA was saying, mm -hmm. right? Like GMs were saying and what the position he was about to put himself into. And so I, it was basically me saying that he needs to be careful or he's going to be out the league mm -hmm. if he don't change his mindset and change his role, right, yeah. and accept it. That's what teams want to see. Nobody in the world ever thought Carmelo Anthony would have been out the league for the two years that he was Nobody ever thought yeah. that. And it had nothing to do with his game. It had everything with him taking a lesser role and changing his mindset. And I say this, and I stand on this to this day. The best thing happened for Russ is him going to the Clippers that that saved his career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But think about it. I wasn't wrong. He went from making almost sixty million dollars to now I believe he's making like three point five. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So it it wasn't like a far fetched thing. And so you know, I, you know, I'm always mm -hmm. I'm gonna get back with him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I got a lot of pride because I'm like, man, I ain't really say nothing too crazy, Russ, and you should know how I feel about you. And he got a lot of pride yeah. as well. I think I say him, we'll be good. Yeah, I got to do that soon, man. I, I think one thing that I learned a lot over the last four years is with, like, when Kobe's passing me, rest in peace. And like, there, there are a lot of things that you should overcome with people that you having disagreements with because you never really know. You never right. really yeah. know. Um, oh, right. So either you hit up Russ or Russ, if for whatever reason you watching this video, for big real. perk up, man. We let's, gotta let's, make, we gotta make Russ, it wasn't your fault either. It wasn't your fault. The Lakers situation was just a whole mess for it everybody. It was a whole mess. For everybody. So I, you can't even put the blame on Russ. It's just know? basketball anyway, man. Yeah. That's yeah. the godfather of the kids, man. Of the son. That's close. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you know who does a great job, though, of like understanding the job and understanding the moments to people? It's AD and it's Braun, right? They understand it. Like, Braun and AD never hit me with anything, and I done been critical of them. But they, they like, man, we don't care about that. That's your job. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're not performing, I got to say something. You been on first take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? NBA Today is a little bit more flexible. We could dive into the, you know, the actual game and, and you know, certain adjustments that need to be made or a big list or whatever. But you know, first take, you gotta bring it. You gotta do it, yeah. And you gotta stand on business with your take. It's first take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a debate show. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So you've played with a ton of great players. <sighs> give me your give me a starting five of, of teammates. Oh. I know. I his know. His starting oh, his start his starting oh, five might not lose against Hall Hall of Fame. It's all Hall of Famers. Don't do that to me. You know what? I got, I got KG at the five. Okay. 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 Champion. <laughs> Champion. Now, I believe Rondo should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Rondo, what he did with the Celtics, I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. But I got KG. I got Braun. Right. I got – damn. Shout out to Rondo. Rondo, you got to yeah, come. Shout out to Rondo, man. Come, I got, come on the show, Rondo. I got KD. I got Braun. Okay. Oh. That's great. KG, Braun, KD. I got to throw Paul in there, man. Okay. I, I didn't seen people, – people hear Paul now, right? Mm -hmm. The crazy Paul. My God, <laughs> love him to death. But Paul was a – 
problem, he man. Was a bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was Paul a bucket. was a problem. Shaq gave him that name, the truth. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Paul arguably had, and I'm gonna name my last one. I'm thinking about <laughs> it right now. Paul arguably had the greatest individual run in, in, in like for his NBA history in his postseason. He went toe-to-toe with a prime Joe Johnson. Mm-hmm. Anybody know Joe Johnson, know what Joe Johnson yeah. was bringing. Yep. Then he went he went toe-to-toe with Braun. Mm-hmm. All right, won that battle. He went toe-to-toe with however you want to name it, whether it was Tayshaun Prince, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey. He, he was the leading scorer in that series. And then he topped it off, Celtics, Lakers, and he went toe-to-toe with Cole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And came out with the finals yeah, MVP. It, yeah. So Paul's in there. I didn't I didn't see P be too clutch too many times. But if you have all that, then you gotta have a perfect point guard. And I gotta put Rondo in there. Okay. Rondo's yeah. probably no disrespect little. to Russ, but yeah. I got I wanted put. to hear who he's gonna get, either Russ or Rondo, but yeah. you can't go wrong with either one. Shout out to Doe. Yeah, with that type of talent, Rondo's yeah. like really the perfect one to fit that. Right. Yeah. It was hard for me to leave Ray out of though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with that spacing, yeah. that three-point shooting. Oh, Jesus, shut us worth like. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. <laughs> I want to dive into some of the stuff we was talking about before we, we started recording. What would be some of your advice for people that's, that's the, the young folks, whether it's pursuing basketball, whether it's pursuing media, whether it's just finding themselves – you know what I mean? You was talking about uh, a lot of things that go on in our community and the upbringing and trying to be, quote, unquote, real and standing on business versus getting shit done. And I just want somebody like you who's done both successful as an mm-hmm. uh, NBA player, a champion, 14, 15-year career, one of the best high school basketball players in your class, and now killing it in the media, a father. You know what I mean? Like, black you, excellence. You, know, what you know what's crazy? As I always tell people, and I – even at even at our network now, so you know, you, I pop up on the TV screen. I just be wanted to say NBA analyst. Mm. Like the, the player was in my past life, and I have so many regrets mm-hmm. because I feel like I could have done more, right? So I I look at this opportunity and I want to take it to another level. So I'm like focus on this new chapter. Kobe inspired everybody to focus on the new chapter. Like Kobe. Life after basketball was about to be bigger than his actual basketball life. 100%. And that's some crazy to think about. Think about it. Like, Kobe about to have three statues, two jerseys retired, right? Mm -hmm. So I think about about who's in your life and who you look up to. Like, who's going to mentor you? And I was telling you guys earlier, and I'm going to say it right now, you know, Stephen A. has been a hell of a mentor to me and a big brother to me when it comes to to stepping into this space. Mm-hmm. Since since a since a youngin', when I first got in here, like four years ago, and he did an interview and it went over people's head, man, and it's so crucial. He said, I wake up every day to see how to make my boss's money and then I wake up then I see how to get some of it. Mm-hmm. So who are you following? Right? It's a smart businessman. Who are you following? And then it's like, I don't I don't need to be rolling up a blunt or smoking a blunt saying, man, I'm a real one, man. Tap in. I'm a real one. I'm doing it for the culture. What culture? What example are you really setting? You know what I mean? Like, what example are you really setting for the youth out here, right, for our next generation of kids? That's why I be so pissed off 
at guys that are in the league today, right, that are making $50, 60000000 million a year. Because you know what? They had some guys before them that had to pay the way for them to make that, yeah. right? Guys had to stand on business. So it's like, who are you looking up to? And then if you want somebody to look up to you, at least really put it in their face what the real world is about. Like, how, how can you be successful, especially as a black man? How can you be successful? I, I don't I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna be real to to who's not doing nothing with his life that's still posted up on the couch finding up blunt after blunt after blunt, but ain't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You ain't doing nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So why should I want your approval? And why should your approval matter to me? You see what I'm saying? And when yeah. we have these grown people out here doing this stuff and they and, and Right now, you can't hide your kids from social media. Yeah, my seven year olds, I got twins, a boy and a girl. They got TikTok. Right, my sixteen year old, he got you know he got all the social media. My twelve year old got all the social media. You know what I mean? But I but but I keep I, I'm cool with it because I'm able to have like I'm like I'm so authentic. It's just what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go judge everything that you may do and say, oh, Always. I may do it a different way. Yeah. Like my 16-year-old got five tattoos. But before he got his first one, he said he wanted his first one for his birthday when he turned 16. So I said, give me a reason on why I should let you get a tattoo. Yeah. He said, you got yours at 16. I couldn't even argue with him. <laughs> <laughs> right? I right. couldn't even argue with him. But – He's such a good kid. He's bringing home straight A's. You know, he's doing everything. He's not disrespectful. He 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 he's standing on business. And so, I'd rather teach my kids or have my kids be open with me about stuff because I want to be able to drop my children or whoever I impact, have an impact on their life. I want them to be able to go anywhere in the world and adapt. Mm-hmm. Meaning, adapt, be a leader, not a follower. Followers is the ones that get in trouble. It's just like a game. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Right? Like, it's a game. You have your top dog or whatever it's called, right, your leader. Then all of a sudden, everybody that's under the leader end up in jail or dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why are you not being your own leaders? Go set the positive example. Mm-hmm. But it just blows my mind. I get tired of the... I'm a real when I'm doing like real about what? Why are we still throwing that even around? <laughs> what would be <laughs> me and KB are both newly fathers. Mm-hmm. What would be some fatherly advice that we that you would give us as young men who are just now stepping two into two girls too? Two yeah, girls. Both, oh having, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a daughter. Yeah, mine is three months. Yeah, How old is uh, Avery's about to be two. It's amazing. You know what? Having kids change how you view the world, right? I, sure. t- I do too. You I remember do. that saying they used to have before we all had kids? It was like, you don't know how it feels until you have a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a real saying. That's facts. Yeah, because you you view the world differently. Like everything about that child changes you. I just, you know what? I mean, and this is not even like golden advice. This is something that y'all probably already feel already. Like you have a child. You automatically put yourself last. One hundred percent. Because everything you do now is for your children. Yeah. Everything you do, everything you do is for your children. 
If you married, it's going to be for your children and your wife. But everything you do is for your children. And you know how I know you feel that way? The worst fear in the world for a parent is one day having to bury your child before, like, having to bury your child. Yeah. Like, it's an honest conversation. Mm -hmm. That Like, that's my worst fear. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'll just say, man, you know, love, love that child, be open. And it's it's a it's a fine line because, you know, I was raised by my grandparents. My mom was shot and killed when I was five by her best friend. So I was raised in an old household with, like, you know, old soul. So I grew up quick. And it's different now, right? You got to have that balance with your child where you're their parent and somewhat their friend. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to be exposed to too much in the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You, you can't hide nothing from them. Yeah, you can't teach them everything. Yeah, and you don't want them You don't want them like going behind your back. You want them to be open with you and not afraid mm -hmm. to come talk to you. So that would be my biggest advice. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. And that. I know they're young right now, but... Yeah. Them, it's going to be like, flat. Yeah, yeah it's going to fly. fly. <laughs> and girls yeah. mature faster than boys. Mm -hmm. so like, yeah. You said some real shit. My mom used to always tell me and my siblings that like... She used to be like, I want y'all to bury me. I don't want to bury y'all. I'm telling that's, you. That's real. It's the worst fear in the that's world. Real, mm -hmm. And I definitely do agree with that. You want your kids to be like comfortable with you to come talk to you. Because the last thing you want them to do is not feel comfortable talking to you. And then they end up in a bad situation. Yeah. But but you you still want that 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 parent was like, they know not the Yeah, yeah, sure. for sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I ain't I don't I, I never I whooped my oldest child one time, right? One time. And it was just because he he deserved it. He ran <laughs> off in the mall at three and I couldn't find him. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the worst feeling in the world. Like we couldn't find him. I'm like, no, sir. Like with kidnapping and stuff like that, with all my other kids, like if I all right now. It's like, oh, damn. yeah, yeah. That's a, you, to me. That's a flex. Yeah. That's what I tell my when I when it's my time. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do no whooping. Yeah. I just want to yeah. be like, yeah. <laughs> All right, no. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah. thing. I ain't got to waste. I ain't even got to waste no energy getting riled up. Hey. All right, okay. Yeah, let's see your mama. Yeah. All right, no. Just make that look. That's, that's a, all right, no. <laughs> so, Big Perk, we appreciate you coming in. We just got news. That's our time. Oh, uh, you invited anytime to come. Anytime. I appreciate so, it, man. Y'all been doing a you, great man. job, man. You got to write a book. I ain't gonna lie. I, I know you as a player, obviously a personality. Even that part right there, condolences. I didn't. I never knew that about your your mom or your upbringing. That's the type. And even the, the what you just said about being a father, about you know being real. People sitting on the couch, flying up lunch, trying to get that pen. <laughs> That's the shit that people really need to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you might need to write a book. I'll I read your book. I'll read the hell out of it. In our community, man, like we 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 gotta keep being leaders, bro. Like mm -hmm. we can't we can't just cause it's just like the internet. The internet is like, oh, somebody say, you say something on the internet or you tweet and then you have your trolls, everybody go follow because they don't wanna be singled out. Yeah. But I like you gotta jump off the porch and lead, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like all of all of us, cause the way that this generation is coming up, man, y'all know like I know, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We see it firsthand, man. Chicago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate something. you though. Uh I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's a blessing. Point.
Man, y'all keep growing, keep doing y'all thing. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, I always say this. It's, uh, it's not much, but it's it's a lot. You know, whatever you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more you keep punching at it, the more you keep putting in the work, you know what I mean? That's what you're going to get out of it. The reward, the sacrificing, the sacrificing to get – the success, that's huge, too. You know what I mean? So y'all keep doing what y'all doing, man. I'm proud of y'all, man, and I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you so Thank much, you, love. Yeah. Great interview with you, man. Yeah. That's a wrap, y'all. We'll see y'all.